0: This is episode number two hundred and forty-five with Nick Broadhurst. Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Me Girl and Open Wide, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with Himalaya is free, super easy to use, and has every podcast you can think of. I love that you can leave comments under each episode and even create episode playlists. So make sure you check it out today. It's
1: gonna be alright.
0: The music you were just listening to was a world first sneak peek at Nick's next single that comes out on October 18, and it's called Inner Love. It is very beautiful, incredibly special and meaningful. The subject matter is very close to our heart because it's about Nick's journey out of depression. And the music video is so stunning. The lyrics are so beautiful and I am so excited because you guys just got to hear the first sneak peek of it. And this man, my darling husband needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway, just because. After the successful release of his debut album, Thank You, with over 16 million streams, Nick returns with his long-awaited next single, Inner Love, a deeply personal story of his journey out of depression. Like his music, there are many layers to Nick. He's a singer, songwriter, a film producer, a founding member of Sneaky Sound System, a saxophonist for flight facilities, a meditation advocate, visual artist, entrepreneur, performer, father and husband and a very, very, very good husband. Uniting these varied accomplishments is the driving force behind all his work, the pure expression of creativity through music and sharing his most vulnerable moments in life. And in this episode, we chat about his journey through one of the toughest times of his life and how it impacted our relationship. We also talk about his new single, Inner Love, why he's released it now and why there was such a delay from his last single. The number one reason he decided to go 100% whole food plant-based. How going plant-based has affected his mental health. Anyone who's ever struggled with depression and anxiety needs to hear this. It's really important. We also talk about his typical day of food and how he adapts his diet based on his energy and intuition the best plant sources of protein and fat, and they're not what you're thinking. How to transition to a whole food plant-based diet and avoid any nasty side effects. Do vegans need supplements? He answers this question. How Nick builds so much muscle on a whole food plant-based diet. We also talk about celery juice, whether it's worth it or not. The best way to get your family to eat more plants, even if your kids don't love their fruit and vegetables just yet is powerful manifestation process plus so much more. This episode is jam-packed with goodness. You're going to be wanting to take notes, trust me. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 245. But before we dive into today's epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week, it comes from the gorgeous Ashley Emma, and it's a five-star review titled A Source of Light Just As I Needed It. And she says... I jumped onto Melissa's podcast via Angela Gallo's interview and found myself hours deep into an array of episodes to follow. Melissa is such a beautiful, powerful and inspirational soul and interviews equally wonderful people. Highly recommended to anyone feeling like they have been hanging in the darkness and looking for some light. Thank you so much, Ashley, for that beautiful review. I am incredibly grateful and so glad that you get so much out of each episode. So thank you so much. And don't forget that if you want to be the review of the week for next week, all you have to do is head on over to iTunes and leave me that five-star review right now. And now, without further ado, I'm so excited. Let's dive in to this epic episode with my one and only, my darling husband, Nick Broadhurst. Welcome back to the show, darling. You, of all people, should know how this starts. What did you have for breakfast this morning?
1: Well, I have to preface this by saying... This sounds like a very professional podcast right now, <laughs> <laughs> and it might sound like that's the first time you asked me that question this morning, but uh, this is our fourth attempt. to Fourth start, take. <laughs> fourth take, because, I don't know, some funny things were happening in the background. The oven went off. I said something funny. She didn't like it. She got annoyed <laughs> at me. <laughs> anyway... I just had to say that because I love you, and I just got to say I love you so we can have a great episode.
0: Thank you, I love you too. Now, tell me what you had for breakfast. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So for breakfast, I actually started a new breakfast recently, which I learned from a friend of mine on a recent trip to Mexico. And Terence, his name is, and we basically—he's a global traveller, and he always needs to, you know, have a consistent breakfast wherever he is in the world. And one thing he can always get is fruit and oats right? So listeners will know that I love oats. I recommend them for breakfast for a lot of different body types, but I used to cook them. But now what I do is I get oats and I soak them with a little bit of water and then I get a whole bunch of different fruits. So it could be frozen berries, banana. I love really finely sliced apple, grated fresh ginger, lime juice, and some ground up flax seeds and ground up chia, which is really important, about two tablespoons of that total. And I just kind of mash it up into this big gooey mess and I leave it overnight in the fridge, wake up in the morning and it's like the yummiest bircher muesli you've had in your life. Whole foods, not cooked, amazing.
0: Yum. And it smells so delicious. It's the best. So good. So you are by far the most regular guest on this show. I think this is your seventh time and your episodes are some of the most downloaded. And today you are back, not only because you have a new single coming out this week, which is so exciting and it's called Inner Love. And guys, it is so beautiful the song, the lyrics, the music video, you guys are going to love it. It's just beyond. So, today we're celebrating that, and we're also going to be talking about a topic that's very near and dear to us, and that is about mental health. And for those of you that are new to the Melissa Ambrosini show, you might not have heard much about Nick's story and his battle with depression. So, honey, can you take us back? Tell us your journey and how and why you ended up riding in a love. What's it all about?
1: Yeah, it's quite the journey. In fact, for me personally, I always had lived a very charmed existence. You know, I've never had really great struggles with mental health. I've had my challenges in life. I've been unwell at times. I've gone through a divorce. I've, you know, had people die. There's things that I've had to work through but I've never been depressed or I had never been depressed and if you don't know my story in 2009 I had meningitis and that knocked me around something chronic it really just destroyed my nervous system something which I didn't understand at the time was the effect that something like meningitis can have on your central nervous system and I never really recovered from that or not for years anyway but that put me into really I was bedridden for about three years. I barely left the house. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars seeing experts, but my whole body was racked with pain. I sometimes didn't have the energy to get out of bed. I had zero libido and zero motivation, but I was never depressed. It's quite interesting. Like I really, I still had good mental health for that period. And through a whole bunch of different things, I did climb my way out of that health challenge. And sometime after that, it took many years, but I found my beautiful wife for you, Melissa. And we didn't have any particular challenges with health, but there was a real turning point for me. And that was when I went keto. And I mean, I think to my detriment, I've experimented just so much with my health. But at the same time, I've sort of had to do that because... When you've had your health taken away from you at such an extreme level and the actual diagnosis is, do you remember what it's called, darling? encephal No, myalgic encephalomyelitis. That's it.
0: Yeah, try saying that one.
1: <laughs> myalgic encephalomyelitis. And it's taken me ages to get it right, obviously. Um, but this is something which I spoke to our mentor and physician, Dr. Stephen Cabral about. Now, he actually had this himself. What it translates to, it's really just, True chronic fatigue syndrome to the point where your body doesn't even create cortisol anymore. Right. So it's it's true, true adrenal fatigue and true chronic fatigue syndrome. He's only seen a couple of dozen cases in his whole career of this. He was one of them and I was one of them. And one of the great things that turned me around was actually Stephen looking me in the eyes and saying, Nick, don't worry, mate. I've got you. I know exactly what to do with you. And that belief changed everything for me. And I think, I hope in this episode, you may be able to take some of that belief from us, from me in my story and know that we've got you and you're going to be okay, no matter where you're at, because I know it, like anyone can recover from anything. There's so many factors that go into it, but you can. But for me personally, the biggest thing that challenged me was keto. And I went into keto because there was all this so-called science about it and the anti-cancer benefits and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, okay, cool, well, I, I want to live a long, happy, healthy life. I don't want to get cancer. I'm going to do keto. So, I went into keto and of course, being a perfectionist, I I really went into keto. I was measuring my ketones. I was like properly in keto. The problem is my body type is a Vata Pitta or an ecto And an ectomorph body type or a Vata body type loves Carbohydrates, loves it. In fact, everyone's brain loves carbohydrates, not fats. Okay. And I bought into that whole keto thing. And what it did was basically completely destroy my microbiome. I went from pretty good health to, and pretty good gut health to complete gut dysbiosis, complete candida bacterial overgrowth and SIBO because. When you introduce a high-fat diet, especially saturated fats in the form of animal fats, it creates dysbiosis. If you want to create dysbiosis, just go keto. That is the fastest way to destroy your gut microbiome. Now, I didn't know this, okay? I was following science that was based around supposed mitochondrial benefits. It's, com- it's the complete opposite. I know that now. It got so bad that I couldn't even walk the length of Bondi Beach. I remember super clearly, and darling, you'll remember this as well. The two of us were walking. It was a beautiful pastel evening. The sun was going down. We got to South Bondi and I started crying because I just didn't know how I was going to walk back. And we were only talking, how far is that, a kilometre?
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: not even, maybe 800 metres. I didn't know how I was going to get home. And that was the extent of where I'd taken my body and as a result, my mental health really suffered. So from literally, and this is the most bizarre thing, from January 2017, January 1st, 2017, to January 1st, 2018, exactly, I was depressed, really badly depressed and not very pleasant thoughts. You know, I started contemplating what it would be like not to be here and, of course, I never acted on that because my motivation to be here was too high for my family, for Leo, for Melissa, for For my purpose, which is my music. But it was incredibly challenging. And every day I would say to myself, it's going to be all right. 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 It was literally a moment to moment survival for me. And when you hear, you would have heard at the beginning of this podcast a a little sneak peek of the beginning of the song. The chorus is it's going to be all right, 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 which is why we've actually partnered with Movember and other mental health organisations for this song. And, of course, the pre-chorus to that is inner love, inner love, inner love, inner love, because ultimately, for me, that's what it came down to. It came down to treating myself way more kindly, practising that self-love, that inner love, and really making a choice that I was going to change my state I had to because the path I was going on was not going to end well. And Inner Love is about that journey. It's about the journey from dark to light, which you will see beautifully in the music video.
0: Mm. And it's so beautiful when you watch it and you feel where Nick is singing from. Oh, full-on goosies. It's so beautiful. But it's been a while since you released any new music. The last was your album, Thank You, which came out in June 2018. So tell us why there's been a delay or that big gap.
1: Well, definitely 2017 was not the most creative year for me. It was very hard to be creative while I was depressed. I didn't write a single song that year, which has amounted to anything I'm going to release. So that's interesting. I've actually listened back recently to a couple of the things that I wrote during that year, and they were so sad. In fact, I was crying in one of the songs in my recording because I was in such a bad place. And I know I'm laughing now because I can't even really relate to that feeling anymore. And it's not a laughing matter. Depression is serious. I know that. We know that personally because we had a friend take her life because of a very long battle with depression back in De- uh, December 2018. So I know how serious it is, but. I wasn't very creative, but also some good things is that I have been working on a new album deal or record deal with a company called Outlier based in Los Angeles and also a new management deal for myself and for you, which has taken quite a while to put together. And now it's all together we can finally release music, so it's a combination of things.
0: Not we as in me and him. I'm, I'm not singing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you, That's that's you releasing the new music, which we're very excited about because your music is incredible. And I can't wait for you guys to see this and hear this. It's so beautiful. And last week we opened up questions on my Instagram stories and we've got a whole bunch that we're going to get through today. So one common one that came up from our tribe was, why did you decide to go plant-based?
1: Yeah, my story is quite interesting. I mean, it's been something which has been hovering around for a long time, that question of, the classic question, isn't it, omnivore versus vegan. I mean, it's just this debate that will never, ever probably go away. And that's okay because there's polarity in every situation. But it's always been there and, and something I've always been curious about. And I had attempted actually veganism years ago, but I did it raw and completely wrong. And it was terrible for me because i just was so ill-informed about what veganism actually is. But this time around, it's quite interesting. I was getting eczema for the first time in my life around my eyes. Like you'd never see me have a skin condition, right?
0: Never. You have the most beautiful glittery skin.
1: Well, I do now, but I didn't you know, i actually-
0: No, you used to look gray.
1: Yeah. During my keto period, my depressed period, my skin was gray, lifeless. I had liver spots all over, which means my liver was struggling. And why was it struggling? Because I was I was literally just downing saturated fat as my main fuel source. Not good for the liver, right? But Why did I go plant-based? How did it happen this time? Well, I decided because of my eczema, I thought, oh, maybe I've got an autoimmune problem. Maybe I'll do autoimmune paleo, which is the AIP. So I started doing AIP, which cuts out so many good things now that I know this now, but also it kind of increases your animal product intake. And I felt so horrific on that. I only did it for about a week, basically. And about a week into it, I woke up one morning, I rolled over and I said to Melissa, I'm done. I feel completely done with animal products. I don't know what's happened, but the thought of any animal product makes me sick right now. And I literally remember waking up in bed thinking of chicken and going, oh my God, I think I'm going to be sick. And it's interesting because a friend of ours, Gary Gore, who's a Vedic meditation teacher, had said, oh, maybe 2014, he came over for dinner and said, one day you'll be vegan. And I said, yeah, whatever, mate. (laughs) No way. And we saw him recently. I said, you were right. And I didn't know what he meant, but it's such a common thing that I hear amongst the, I guess, meditation community because when you go through a long process of meditating, for me it's, I think, about 10 years now, you go through a process of purification, basically, and your body and your cells no longer really can hold the energy of animal products. It's a really interesting phenomenon. and I'm, You know, if you've heard of this before you've experienced it, Message me, I'd love to hear your story, but it happened to me. I woke up and that was it. I was done with animal products, completely finished. And so I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it really well. So I went really deep into the science. I just gorged on books around plant-based nutrition.
0: And podcasts. And
1: podcasts, you know, great podcasts like Melissa's Plant Proof, our friend Simon Hill, Dr. Michael Greger and his book, How Not to Die, a whole bunch of things. And very quickly I, I saw the light, so to speak. I realized that what I had been following for so many years was really cherry picked science and really taken out of context. When I looked at the true science, I saw that the greatest thing you can do for your health is go plant-based. It really is that simple. And I was hesitant to ever, ever make that recommendation. But now that I'm this far into it, I just think I'm doing a disservice if I don't say it, to be honest.
0: And when we were keto, we were eating animal products three times a day and not just a little bit, a lot, so much, weren't we?
1: Specifically fat, like ghee and all that sort of stuff, which is really you know just so so brutal for us but
0: And it got to the point I remember one time where you were kind of I think you had some wild salmon after you'd had that time where you woke up and you decided I'm repulsed by this. I think you might have had some wild salmon. I think you vomited. Did you vomit?
1: No, no. What happened was you were cooking wild salmon in the you were steaming it in the oven with my vegetables.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: And the smell of the wild salmon had got onto my vegetables. And I literally went white. Like it just just repulsed me all of a sudden. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking, how am I gonna do this when Melissa's steaming salmon in the oven every night? But Melissa very quickly saw the benefits of what It happened to me and came around to being plant-based as well, which has been an amazing journey for both of us to be so aligned on that.
0: But I also did all my own research. Correct. Yeah. Which was very, very, very important for me because Nick and I have very different body types Mm. and he's a male, I'm a female. And so I, for me, I had to come to it in my own time and- had to do all my own research. I read the thickest books. You know, I read Brenda Davis, who's also been on this show and how not to die by Michael Greger and just wanted to immerse myself in the information and the knowledge because knowledge is power. But I've seen the transformation within you, babe. I have witnessed it firsthand but what are some of the biggest benefits that you have noticed?
1: Oh, So many. So many. I'm so grateful for this change, actually. It's given me, honestly, a whole new lease on life. I feel like I'm a new person. And I guess I am to some degree because what we, eat, we are what we eat, right? And if I have to talk specifically about benefits, I would say, first of all, I am much more calm. I'm a really calm person now. Um, there's a lot more inner peace, much more contentment. I feel more grounded. But I want to just preface that by saying that calm doesn't mean that you're any less masculine. Like I don't want people to think, especially men, that oh, you're like this sort of placid thing.
0: You're definitely not placid. <laughs> definitely not. He's he's still a very masculine, divine masculine.
1: <laughs> Thanks, darling. And if anything, my testosterone's actually gone up since going plant based. Oh yeah, sure. And- has. <laughs> <laughs> And it's interesting because yesterday we watched the new film, The Game Changers, which I've been very keen to watch because I, I know that this film is going to have a huge impact on the planet.
0: It's so good. So James Cameron directed it. Produced. Who did, oh, he produced it. So he did Titanic and Avatar. He's incredible. So it's really beautifully shot and it's, it's awesome. I highly recommend everyone watch that.
1: And it's very clever because they knew what topics to address. You know, they were under no illusion as to what the main questions were about a plant-based diet, right? So they addressed those things. And one of those things was testosterone. And it was fascinating because they had these professional athletes one night eating an animal-based meal and measuring their, the strength and length and time of their erections when they were sleeping. And then the next night doing the opposite, having a plant-based diet, a plant-based dinner, and then measuring it again. And the difference was I think the average increase in hardness was 300 or 400% harder
0: mm-hmm. and
1: in time was like similar. I think Which one, is
0: just amazing, like oh, almost 400% increase. Like what?
1: And these guys were like just cracking up because they just couldn't believe <laughs> they spent most of the night with an erection after eating plant-based meal. <laughs> so um, that's been, I, I'm so happy this information is coming out because that film is going to inspire so many people so just give it a go
0: mm, right? to eat more plants,
1: to remove the fear. Cause they're coming at it from the, from the angle of professional athletes, you know, not just average guys, like the best in the world, the Novak Djokovic's, Lewis Hamilton's the strongest man in the world. Like it's pretty incredible anyway. So that's testosterone sleeping better. My digestion is way better. Like, let's just, okay, let's talk about poo. Should we talk about poo?
0: Mm, sure. <laughs>
1: I remember when I was keto, it was like squeezing out hard little oily nuggets. (laughs) But you have to remember that your poop is 80% bacteria. It's not just food matter that's coming out of you, it's 80% bacteria, right? Now, what does bacteria feed on? It feeds on fiber, right? So if you're doing long, well formed bowel movements, it's because you have a high fiber diet. So my digestion's just improved massively. My evacuations, as I call them, has improved. My skin, as Melissa said before, was reversed in age, 100% reversed in age, definitely. I lost five years, I reckon, at least. And as I said, during my keto phase, I had that gray lifeless skin, which just means my body wasn't absorbing any nutrients. Um, I looked terrible. And even before I went plant-based, just before, I was in pretty good shape, but I was training maybe three times per week, I didn't really have the stamina to do any more than about three training sessions per week, about 30 minutes each. Now I can train seven days a week for an hour each day, but I feel energized after my sessions. I recover way faster. In fact, the recovery has shocked me. And it wasn't like a gradual thing. It was literally immediately, as soon as I was plant-based and started training, my recovery, like, it shocked me. And in between heavy sets, I could go you know, I could go really hard on a set, rest 90 seconds, and then go again. Like it was just fresh. And I've never had that ever before in my entire life. I couldn't believe the transformation. I remember coming up to, and saying to Melissa, I'm like, I can't believe my recovery. It's like through the roof. And I put on about four kilograms of solid muscle. And I think I looked the best that I've ever looked in my life at the age of 40. I'm a better dad, a better friend. I'm more present. As I said, I have better poops. And it just aligns with everything that I believe in, it's a more compassionate existence. It's more in accordance with ahimsa, which is a way of living whereby you do no harm. It's just, I don't know, it just feels incredible.
0: Another thing I wanted to mention, another benefit that I've seen is when you were very unwell and going through that really challenging time. You used to burn your skin would burn a lot you don't burn anymore I just I just remembered that
1: the burning feeling I'd have
0: no like as in sunburn
1: oh that's so interesting yeah
0: like you would burn really badly and now that doesn't really happen to you
1: no I mean I still do I can't handle the sun like my lizard wife but <laughs> but I definitely handle sun way better I can probably stay out at least twice as long in the sun without burning mm-hmm. and I think that just comes down to yeah a healthy body that's optimized.
0: Totally. Okay. So Tasha in London 31 has going vegan had an impact on your mental health. So can we talk about that?
1: So much. I mean, mental health has so much to do with gut health. And the simple fact is that the more animal products and the fats we eat, honestly, a high fat diet means your gut health is going to be off. As I said before, and dysbiosis, bacterial overgrowth, high saturated fat, right? That's what it did for me, it does it for so many people. In fact, saturated fat carries that harmful bacteria across the gut lining into the blood, which can cause so many different inflammatory problems, right? And what you really want is a diet that's high in fiber. It's just the wrong F, not fat, we want fiber, okay? And it's consistent amongst all the longest living populations in the world. We, if you look to the blue zones, their diets are very high in fiber. And it's so fascinating because the real paleo diet, not the hypothesized paleo diet, which is based upon a lot of assumptions from archaeological findings, but actual fossilized paleo poo. Like this is so interesting to me because there was all these archaeological findings, but they weren't actually looking at the poo, right? And if you look at that, it's going to tell you what they were eating. And we know this because you can see fiber. Fiber actually gets fossilized. And the average Westerner gets most likely less than 20 grams of fiber a day, right? And we know now that the higher fiber diet you have, the less risk of heart disease you're going to have. It's the number one killer in the world is heart disease, certainly Western populations. Higher fiber, less heart disease, right? That's a pretty important thing, right? And these paleo poos showed that they were eating over 100 grams of fiber a day, right? 100 grams. Now, to give you some perspective, I'm fully plant-based. When I say plant-based, Melissa and I are whole food plant-based. We don't even eat oil, okay? Whole food meaning as it comes out of the ground.
0: Whole food meaning not those fake plant-based burgers and chicken, fake chicken and fake meat. Like we don't eat that stuff. That's what whole food means, means it's a whole food. So it comes from nature.
1: And it's so fun because, you know, whole foods look so amazing. Like when we lay our shopping out, it's the most colourful, beautiful thing you have ever seen. But anyway, so I've tracked my fibre and on an average day, I'm anywhere from 75 to 100 grams. So, I'm actually eating a way which is in accordance to the way we used to eat tens of or hundreds of thousands of years ago. So, for millions of years, food equaled fiber. Okay. And I find that so fascinating. And for me personally, the mental health aspect to it, you just have to come back to gut health. To have a, a healthy gut, we need lots of fiber, which means we need to eat way more plants. And whether you do that as 100% whole food plant based or whether you do it as 90%, the most important thing is making sure that the majority of your diet is made up of whole food plants
0: and lots of colours and textures. You know, you want to eat the rainbow. Eat the rainbow. It's so important.
1: Can I just quickly jump in? This uh, when I say whole food plant based, just to say what that actually is. Yes, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, legumes, herbs, spices, mushrooms, seeds. Right, we're not just talking about fruit and veg. You're talking about whole grains as well, which has been such a controversial thing in terms of the popular paleo movement. But whole grains give a really important amount of fibre and protein every day, so important.
0: And it's really important, like we're talking about chemical-free organic produce. You know, that's also really important as well. But we've got another question from Instagram. I have friends with great experiences recovering from their depression by going vegan. So what is actually happening here?
1: Well I think as I said before, you're really just improving your your gut health. And with so much of the serotonin, I think about 90% of the serotonin, your happy hormone being made in your gut, if you're feeding these bacteria, this beneficial bacteria, the foods they want, which is essentially a diverse range of fiber from a diverse selection of plants, then you're going to be having a diverse spectrum of different bacteria in your gut. What we want to have is as many different types of beneficial bacteria being fed what they want. And we do this by having a lot of different types of plants in our diet or plant-based foods. And someone said this on a recent podcast. I think it was Dr. Dr. B on Simon Hill's Plant Proof podcast. He said, you can literally measure the health of anyone by the diversity of plant foods they eat. And it just stopped me for a second. I was like, oh my God, that seems so obvious now. Like, of course, the more diversity you have, the more things you're going to feed in your gut. And we are, majority of our bodies are made up of bacteria. So we have to be feeding that. and I think that's the main benefit when it comes to plant-based diet. You're you're feeding all these beneficial bacteria, which of course is going to mean a healthier body, which is going to mean better mental health.
0: Mm, absolutely. Now, there were loads of questions based around what you and I eat. People were like, What do we eat in a day? And we're always so hesitant to answer this because everyone is so different. We believe in bioindividuality. But maybe we could give Like an outline of what a Mm. typical day could look like in our home. But just so you know, this is, we never eat the same thing. We're all, besides our breakfasts, we keep our breakfast really simple to mainly. Take out the decision fatigue, but we never eat the same thing. We're always trying to get different vegetables, different fruits. We shop at the farmer's market, so we're always picking up whatever's in season. So there are no two days that are ever the same. But do you want to give, like, mm. kind of like a brief overview of what it would look like?
1: Yeah, we don't eat the same thing, but we do use a simple, you know, the same template, really, don't we, each day? And it's so much fun as well. Just to say that, like, it's so much fun. Eating plant based. It's I think people think being vegan, we don't use the word vegan so much because vegan sort of implies what you're cutting out. Being whole food plant based sound it actually is exciting because you're actually including this whole world of plants, right? You're gonna say something, I can see the look on your face. It's gone. Oh, okay, good. So we use the same template and Oh,
0: I was just gonna say, tell tell them roughly our you know, our template for lunches and dinner.
1: Yeah. So you've heard my breakfast. Melissa's breakfast is actually a green smoothie. It's actually, tell them what's in your green smoothie.
0: There's probably, (laughs) I mean, I said to Leo this morning, I think there was maybe 50 things in my smoothie this morning. I'm not even joking you. There's like a quarter of an avocado. There's some cucumber. There's lettuce. There's lemon juice. There's a cup of blueberries. There's spinach. There's turmeric, there's cinnamon, there's dulse flakes.
1: There's ground flax and ground chia.
0: Yes. So important. There's At the moment, I'm doing some ashwagandha just to help with my adrenals. I'm also taking some other medicinal mushrooms because it was coming up for me that I needed to support my kidneys. I put whatever greens I have in the fridge. So whatever leafy greens, kale, silver beet. It's literally full to the top of greens. And then sometimes I put in some barley grass powder, some spirulina, and then I put heaps of herbs, so coriander, mint, parsley. So much. So much. That's not even all of it. There's so much. And then I blend it till it's room temperature, almost warm. And I have that and I just absolutely love it. It's so good. So that's my breakfast. Nick, you know his. And then talk to us through lunch and dinner templates, like a basic template.
1: And before I say that, I just want to add that they would have heard there's plenty of fruit in my breakfast and yours as well. I think we have to just say that we have to move on from this fruit fear. We've got to move on from the fear of greens. The whole oxalate argument, the lectin argument, the fruit fear, the sugar argument, it is Frickin bollocks! We need to just throw that out the window because it's doing everyone a disservice. What we need to eat more of is greens, is fruit. In fact, one of the best things you can do is get way more greens into your diet, leafy greens, right? So I just want to say that because I think a lot of people are afraid of, say, raw spinach in a smoothie, right? And it does depend on your gut health. And we've done plenty of work on our gut health. we worked with Stephen Cabral. We did his Candida and bacterial overgrowth protocol. We do this gut rebuilding protocol. So we've done things to support our gut health, to be where we are. So if these things aren't feeling great for you, then you may need to do that work. You know, that's something you have to decide for yourself. But there's plenty of fruit. And, you know, that's been a revelation for you and I. We love fruit now, which is amazing.
0: And as many colours as you possibly can.
1: Yeah. So lunch is
0: lunch and dinner are the same. So the template's the same. Yeah, it's
1: always a starchy carbohydrate of some sort. So it's either sweet potato,
0: beetroot, pumpkin.
1: For me it can also be a brown rice pasta sometimes as well. It's another grain that I can get in. And we have steamed vegetables and
0: every color, every variety, whatever's in season.
1: Just chop it up, throw it in, steam it. Really really simple. And we have some sort of legume. So whether that is a Tempeh, like a chickpea tempeh or a azuki bean tempeh, or whether it's tender kidney beans, whether it's...
0: Mung beans. Mung beans,
1: like just anything really that's legume-based because, again, they are just one of the healthiest foods on the planet.
0: And then we also have fat, which is usually our two favourite fats are avocados and olives and nuts and seeds.
1: Yeah, and really important is our ground flaxseed and ground chia as well for that fat source. And we only grind it every two or three days just to keep it really fresh. We don't buy it ground. So dinner is basically the same again. Yeah, same sort of template. And it just mix up. Sometimes we want to get adventurous. We might change the legume into we might make our own really clean falafel or we might do a Mexican day. But the template's the same. You're just mixing things up. We just keep it really simple during the week because we just want to eat healthy and, you know, go and sit on the beach or do some more work. But on the weekends, when we have more time, I might do a big Mexican cook up or a big curry or something. It's just, it's the best. And snacking, I think it's important to mention because it depends on your body type. I do have an afternoon snack most days. And that for me is just fruit. It used to be fruit and protein powders and all sorts of stuff. It's just fruit now. I just, I'd rather fill my body with fruit than something else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that's kind of the basic template. And now I want to shift to some more questions from our tribe. And we're going to treat these like rapid fire because there were hundreds of questions that you guys asked. And I really want to get through as many as we possibly can. So this is a cross section of the questions that covers most of the questions that were asked. So let's kick off. What are your favorite plant based fats and protein options? This is from I am Liz Hoffritter.
1: Yeah. So I think this is a good question because it does sort of lead into the question about macros, which I want to address. But fats, I think we mentioned before, it's avocado, olives, nuts and seeds, ground flax, ground chia. These are things we have in our diet every single day. And we just you know include them where we we don't, we're not anal about it. We just make sure they're there. You know, I actually really enjoy peanut butter now, (laughs) which sounds super naughty because I would have like sworn at myself for thinking about peanut butter because of all the supposed aflatoxins and blah, blah, blah. You know what? It works for me and I enjoy it. And it's one of those things that I just, it makes me smile when I eat it. So plenty of healthy fats. In terms of protein, I want to just say that, you know, protein on a plant-based diet is the most common question, especially when you start building muscle. It's like the bigger muscle you get. They say, how do, you know, where do you get your protein? It's like, well, I'm building muscle. Obviously, I'm getting protein from somewhere, right? And and I get it because we've grown up in a culture that has conditioned us to thinking that protein comes from meat. But where does protein actually come from? It's in amino acids. Where do amino acids come from? They come from plants. Animals either get their amino acids from eating the plants or eating an animal that ate the plants, but the originating source is always amino acids.
0: So we're just cutting out the middleman, which is the cow, and going straight to the source.
1: Absolutely, and this Game Changers film is so good because it also talks about this in a very simple way and just explains it very quickly. But I think we just need to let go of this whole protein obsession because the protein in broccoli, for example, might be lower if you measure it, but how does that act in your body as compared to the protein in an egg? It's very, very, very different, right? And animal proteins are high in carnitine. You know, carnitine carnitine has been shown to accelerate cell aging. No, we don't want that, right? We want amino acids that are going to make us healthy on the inside and glow on the outside. And that comes from plants. So I think letting go of the protein obsession is the number one thing. And I want to talk about macros as well quickly.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say we have tracked our macros using chronometer, which we'll link to in the show notes. And every day that I tracked it, I was over my protein limit for the day. Yeah, and you weren't trying. You weren't trying. I wasn't even trying. And I was like, oh, gosh, whoa, I'm getting so much protein. So it's so fascinating when you actually take the time to enter the data in the chronometer and see your macros.
1: And I think it's an amazing thing to do. I think chronometer, chronometer is the best app because it breaks down all the different amino acids you're getting in a day. And you can see straight up like, I'm getting all the amino acids, like there's no risk there, right? You can't argue with that. But it's an amazing exercise to do once, maybe once a year, I don't know. But do it at the beginning of your plant-based journey or even if you are plant-based now because it's really good just to get a measure on it. You might go, holy crap, I'm eating way too many fats here. And it might just mean like a lot of plant-based vegan people do, they just have too many fats a lot of the time. Too much avocado, too much, too many oils, too many nuts and seeds. and supposed, Too
0: many nut butters.
1: Yeah, too many healthy desserts, which aren't, a, aren't that healthy, right? So it's really important. Just track it for, do it for a week. Mm. I did it for four months because I wanted to know.
0: I didn't do it for four Three months, months. I'm actually. not that disciplined. <laughs>
1: but it was fascinating <laughs> because I could look at my averages over a long period of time. I was averaging around about 60% carbohydrates, 20% fat, and 20% protein, which is a sort of classic bodybuilding sort of macro split, right? And I was building muscle, so it was working for me. But now I just naturally hit those macros because I know what I need to eat through the day. But I'm not thinking about macros anymore, right? I'm just thinking about a balanced diet. I'm not obsessed with protein. I'm not obsessed with macros. And I know that as long as I eat a balanced diet with lots of colors and all those different food groups I mentioned before, which is the vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, legumes, herbs, spices, mushroom seeds. I'm good.
0: Mm, you've got such a ray, like huge variety to choose from. So let's move on to the next question. This is by 33 Della. I would love to know how your energy is now being plant based versus eating animals.
1: Holy moly.
0: Let me explain this to you. Nick could barely get out of bed like he could barely lift his head off the pillow in the morning. And he is now waking up before me, which has never (laughs) happened. Like I'm an early riser. He's now awake and bright eyed very early in the morning. He's got so much energy consistently throughout the whole day. He just got back from overseas. He didn't get any jet lag. Like his energy is consistent and high and just so inspiring. So inspiring.
1: I think you answered the question. I think I did. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. That's all I can say.
0: How do you get your recommended daily intake of protein when eating plant-based? I think we kind of answered that already.
1: We did. Yeah. Just eat diverse range of all the things I mentioned and you do not have to worry about protein. Actually, I want to add to that, Melissa, when I tracked my macros, because I was doing it daily, I would get to dinner sometimes. Do you remember this? I get yes. to dinner and I say, I can't have legumes.
0: I can't have any protein because he already over. exceeded it.
1: And I was on a, you know, 100 and I think 125 grams of protein a day, which is more of a bodybuilding style. You know, it's higher. I would usually for, to sustain a non-active normal male body of my weight, it's about 70 grams, 68 grams of protein a day. I was doing 125 because I'm more active. I was getting to like 130 Before dinner, I'm like, holy crap, I need to not have any. So no problems whatsoever.
0: Next question from Chelsea Aspinen. I think that's how you say it. We love Ayurveda. We absolutely love it. And she wants to know how to be a Vata on a plant-based diet.
1: So the Vata body type is the ectomorph body type. So I'm a Vata Pitta, which is ectomorph mesomorph. Okay. So that means I have the creativity of a Vata, which is air and I have the drive vipita, which is fire. And it's very important that they stay in balance. And I think, actually, now that I think about it, since I've been plant-based, they're more naturally balanced. Because otherwise I couldn't have put mass on, I couldn't have become stronger or have balanced energy. So I hadn't thought about that, but that's really interesting. My ectomorph, mesomorph, and vata-pitta is way more balanced. So as a vata You have to remember that we stay grounded as Vatas by having carbohydrates. So Vata really just means go nuts on your, not on your nuts, go nuts Mm. on your carbohydrates. Have your sweet potatoes, your bananas, your fruits, your oats, your brown rice pastas. Mm. Like you know, don't be shy on a plant-based diet to go for the carbohydrates. Even if you are a different body type, you can have plenty of carbohydrates. Okay, your weight will naturally probably drop anyway when you go plant-based. So yeah, and if you are a endomorph, which is the heavier set body type, then you want to go lower on carbohydrates. And if you're a mesomorph or a pitta body type, then you're going to be somewhere in the middle. It's really simple and you don't have to overthink it. Like Melissa, for example, will have less fruit and less starchy carbs than me. Maybe 75% of what I have, 50% of what I have, just because she doesn't need it because she is a pitta kaffer which is a mesomorph, endomorph body type. And she can easily put on weight if she wants to. So, yeah, it's so easy. It's just a piece of cake.
0: How did you start moving more to a plant-based diet? This is from Megan Beck 1.
1: I think this also – this is a good question because I, I think I saw on there a question about someone who had tummy pains.
0: Yes. Is that right? Because when she went on to more of a plant-based diet – she suffered severe tummy cramps, which is something that we hear often. So yeah. what's going on there?
1: The biggest problem here, I think, with what's been spread about a plant-based diet is that it's, you know, high legumes and it's hard to digest and you get bloating and all this sort of stuff. Well, it's true. You do get some Not bloating. Not for everybody. Well, no, but I'm saying that it, you, if you get bloating... That is not a bad thing.
0: That's not saying that you shouldn't be having that. It just means that the gut microbiome is not used to whatever you just put in. So you need to create the bacteria for your body to be able to digest that particular plant.
1: Yeah. So if you go from a diet that's about 20 grams in fiber, which is the standard Western diet, and all of a sudden you're up to 40 grams, you've just doubled your fiber intake overnight and your microbiome is not ready for it. So what's going to happen? They're going to have a freaking field day and feed like crazy on the extra fiber and you're going to bloat, okay? And you have to know that bloating or gas is a natural part of healthy digestion, not to the point where you're in pain or just constantly farting, no, but a bit of gas. Everyone's going to get a bit of gas. That is a natural part of the fermentation process. So you If you're getting a little bit, don't worry about it, right? The best way to think about transitioning to a plant-based diet is to just do it gradually. Now we'd already been eating legumes, and we were about ninety percent plant-based before we went one hundred percent. So for us, it wasn't a challenge. I didn't notice any difference in my digestion. But if you're going from you know fifty percent, and you're replacing calories from dairy and refined carbohydrates, and animal products, all of a sudden you're replacing that with high fiber things like legumes, nuts, seeds, fruits, and vegetables. Your fiber intake's going to jump up drastically, and so. Eventually, it'll balance out. But if you want to minimize that discomfort, then just do it gradually. Start with one meal. Make breakfast fully plant-based. And when that feels good, make lunch. And then when that feels good, make dinner. It's really that simple. Give your body time to adjust to the new level of fiber. And with that new level of fiber, you're going to live a much healthier, happier, and longer life. It's that simple with much lower risk of dying from anything
0: for me i remember you know even actually recently lentils were it was it was upsetting my stomach and i just realized i didn't think oh gosh i can't have those i just was like oh, okay i need i need to have more of those in smaller doses to really build that bacteria in my gut and we are very much intuitive eaters like we listen to our body like the other day i was like My body's just telling me not to have tahini. And even though I love organic tahini, it's like one of my favorite things. She smashes it. I smash it. So good. My body was like, "Mm -mm, no more tahini for a while. And I literally can't even look at it right now. So it's really interesting. Like We are massive believers in intuitive eating, listening to your body, tuning in, and just always following that.
1: You know what's funny with the plant-based diet? When you go plant-based, you can't fart, get bloated, have a cough, feel unwell, you basically have to be freaking enlightened or perfect. Otherwise, people will just automatically blame it on the fact that you went plant-based.
0: But people want to blame it on anything. They just want something to blame.
1: Well, because it becomes a mirror for them. So if someone goes plant-based and they have problems, then (laughs) you can then validate your experience of not going plant-based by criticizing the plant-based diet. But this doesn't happen for people who eat animal products. I mean, it's never the fact that it's the diet. It's always something else when a disease pops up, right? But when it's plant based, you just, you know, if you get bloating, oh, that's because we're not supposed to eat legumes. No, it's not that. It's because your body is not quite adjusted to it yet.
0: Yeah, people get some sort of lifestyle disease, and they don't go, oh, it's the diet. It's It's not the dairy I'm
1: eating. It's the yeah. It's the freaking butter in my coffee. You know, they point to something else. And or luck.
0: Oh, it's just unlucky.
1: I'm not. Look, I'm not trying to be critical or sarcastic, but I do find it kind of funny that the minute a plant-based eater has anything wrong, like you have to be squeaky freaking clean, otherwise someone's going to criticize you. So you know what? Just kind of prepare yourself for that and just know but it's okay because you know you're on the right path and that's it.
0: And who cares what other people think? Who cares? When I to say right
1: path. There's no right or wrong. You're on a path that is true for you, I should say.
0: Exactly. And who cares what other people think? If it's true for you, do what's true for you. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what other people think. One of my favorite mantras is it doesn't matter. Nick and I say it all the time. Doesn't matter. He'll just look at me and go, doesn't matter, babe. Doesn't matter. We what don't it say go? it
1: like that. We go, it nah, doesn't matter. We say it like complete bargains.
0: <laughs> we say it like in a real
1: we actually st- we throw a swear word in there. Yeah, we. That's drop a f-
0: <laughs> 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 we drop an f bomb in there, but you know, let's be, let's keep it PG today. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the supplements that we take. Mm. Can you talk about those on a plant-based diet? This is from Love from Brooke.
1: I want to talk about something. I was explaining to a friend recently when I was in the states. It's a concept that I've kind of come up with, I guess, called deficiency versus disease. Now. Let's just assume the worst-case scenario of a plant-based diet. Let's assume that it's actually deficient in something. Now, I can tell you right now, the plant-based diet is not deficient. Okay? The plant-based diet is not deficient if you're eating a whole food, plant-based diet, rich in vegetables, fruits, whole grains, nuts, legumes, herbs, spices, mushrooms, seeds, all that, right? Let's talk about B12. So B12... There's a misconception that you need to get this from animal products. It's not true. B12 actually comes from bacteria. And we used to get so much of this bacteria because we'd be pulling things out of the ground and eating dirt, right? But because of cholera and certain diseases that spread, we had to bring a high level of sanitation in around our food supply. So all this bacteria, all the dirt has been washed off. So we're not actually getting this. We used to drink water from streams that would have healthy animal feces in it, it would have dirt in it, and we'd be getting this supply of bacteria from the dirt, from the groundwater, right? We don't get that anymore. That's where we get our B12. It's that bacteria that actually makes the the B12 in our guts. So because of our food supply, we just have to supplement with that now. And that's just one of those things that in most studies, it shows that most omnivores are also deficient in B12. So just put that argument aside and say, okay, We're going to take a B12 supplement, big deal. And we use a methylated B12. But I want to come back to the deficiency versus disease. Let's just say that plant-based was deficient, right? But we know that a plant-based diet is the diet to eat if you want to reduce or completely reverse the risk of the highest killers in society being heart disease and the various types of cancer, right? And we know that a diet that includes animal products exacerbates those diseases. So on one hand, you have a potential deficiency. On the other hand, you have a known disease-causing food. What would you rather have? A possible deficiency that you can supplement with, but you know is gonna make you live longer, or the foods that you know, scientifically, are gonna cause disease? I think it's a simple, simple argument to make. I'll take the deficiency any day, but I know there is no deficiency. But just to satisfy the people who think there is, deficiency over disease. That's my vibe. I can't remember what the question was. but
0: It was about supplements. Oh, okay. So
1: we have B12. I'm taking zinc because I did a hair mineral analysis test through Stephen Cabral and it showed that my zinc levels were off. And that could be for various reasons.
0: Yeah, but I just wanted to say as well that please don't take anything unless you have done the tests. Otherwise, you're just potentially wasting your... Money and you could be doing more damage. So we work with Dr. Stephen Cabral, who has been on this show quite a few times, and we run yearly tests. And there was a time where we were doing them every six months. So we do his top five tests and we know what is going on so that we can adjust our supplements according to that data. So I'll link to it in the show notes, but head to melissaambrosinicom forward slash Cabral and you can check out his work. He's also got an incredible program called the Integrative Health Practitioner Certification, where you can learn his techniques and become your own healer in your home. You can actually learn how to read your own labs so that you can constantly be testing yourself and your family and know how to become your own healer, which is pretty awesome. But the biggest thing with supplements is, you know, please don't guess, you know, make sure you're under the guidance of a certified holistic practitioner. It's so important.
1: And one of the things which we are sort of on the fence about is omega-3 fatty acids. I think we have to presence that because it's a question that comes up a lot. And this is a fascinating one. When you are on a plant-based diet, you're on a very low inflammation. Well, in fact, it's not just the diet, it's the lifestyle as well, which is low inflammation, right? Because it does encourage other practices that are more low inflammatory, like meditation, right? But because there is lower levels of inflammation in the diet, this is my theory, that doesn't it then say that you need less of those things because you're not combating as much inflammation? If you're on a high inflammation diet, which is generally an omnivorous diet, then you need more of those omega-3s to combat that inflammation. So I find that nature always knows what it's doing. If you're eating a diverse range of plant-based products, which is low inflammation, then within that diverse range, you're going to get what you need to perfectly balance out any inflammation that you may have. Now, do you need to have an omega-3 supplement? Well, not forgetting that fiber fermented in the gut by bacteria creates short-chain fatty acids. Right, So the more fiber you have, the more of that you're naturally going to create. Could you take it as a buffer? I mean, it can't hurt. So what do you take? You take an algae oil because fish don't make omega-3. They literally just eat the algae and that concentrates it in their flesh.
0: And again, like we said before, we're just taking out the middleman. So instead of eating the fish that eat the algae, we just eat the algae.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you have to pick one, it would be vitamin B12, methylated form, methylcobalamin.
0: Yes. So Elizabeth Kersen asks, why do we avoid oil?
1: Yeah, I actually get this question so much on social media. What do we cook with? And it's really simple. We actually steam just about everything and we cook with water mainly. So, for example, if I'm doing a big Mexican cook-up, which I love to do, or a big curry, and I need to cook onions and garlic, I'm going to always just sweat the onions down in water and just add in tiny bits of water at each step to stop it from burning and sticking. And same for the garlic, which comes later. And when I serve that curry or that Mexican chili, no one's thinking, oh, you know, he didn't cook with oil. It just, it's just what we do because we choose to eat a whole food, plant-based diet. And on the very rare occasion, we do actually use oil It's always as a dressing and we always use a really high quality wild harvested olive oil. So we just keep it really simple.
0: I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's podcast sponsors, Blue Blocks, the only blue light glasses backed by science. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I love my blue blocking glasses and I wear them every day. Because they help alleviate digital eye strain, keep your hormones balanced, and help you get a deeper, more restorative sleep. They are made in Australia, which means they are very high quality, and all their glasses come in readers, prescription, and non prescription. And you can even send in your own frames and have them add their lens technology to your frames. And for every pair purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who then gift them to someone in need in the developing countries how awesome is that? So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter the code MELISSA at the checkout. Now let's get back to the conversation. Okay. So next question, how Nick builds so much muscle with plant-based living lifestyle?
1: I'm glad you noticed. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I did build quite a bit of muscle. And of course, Let's face it, going from training three times a week to seven makes a big difference.
0: And for those that have seen the before and after photo on your Instagram, it's so good. We'll link to it in the show notes. If you want to see, how much weight did you put on? Was it 15 kilos?
1: Oh, yeah. that. So from then, so at my lowest point when I was very sad, I was 58 kilos and I'm now 73 kilos.
0: Wow. Wow. And, you know, so healthier and stronger and more muscle mass.
1: And the guy in the film, I can't think of his name, but the strong man in Game Changers. The
0: strongest man in the world.
1: He's broken all the records. Yeah, um, I, can't, I
0: can't remember his name either. He had to,
1: he had to walk 30 feet with, was it, 650 kilos or something? It was ridiculous. Anyway, he went from 108 kilos to 130 kilos on a plant-based diet. So he, he did it and thought he'd get weaker. He got heavier and stronger. And that was my experience. I literally just became so much stronger and more muscular. But of course, the training matters. You know, the training is really important. And I was training really consistently five days a week, which were heavy lifting and two days a week, which were just purely, you know, 20-minute arm session, just a lot lighter to give my body a rest. But I didn't even need the rest. In the past, I just could not even contemplate. When I started this training protocol, I'm like, I'm not going to get through one workout, let alone seven of these a week. And I got through the first and I thought, I feel really good. Did the next one, still feel really good. And then within that eight week process, I completely transformed my physique. And it feels so freaking good to be strong as a man. It just does. I love it. It's the best.
0: Okay. I'd love to know about your experience with celery juice and the benefits that you have felt. That's from Rachel and Chandler.
1: Yeah, so I sort of, you know, before being plant-based, I didn't even consider any of Anthony Williams or Anthony William medical medium work. But again, being open to all ideas, I decided to go into it. And I have to say, I'm damn impressed. And I was talking to my friends in Mexico about this and, and Terrence said to me, you know what? It's not like he's trying to make money out of something. He's not pushing something. He, the money for his books goes to charity. He's just saying drink celery juice, right? And he's got his own reasons for it, which come from guidance from spirit, his what would you call it, darling? Angel. Yeah. Yep.
0: He, yeah. That's where he gets all of his information. So the information's
1: coming from a very interesting source. His books
0: are incredible, guys. We'll link to them in the show notes. You so should much check fun. Them out. So much fun. Yeah, his stories are great.
1: And we just stayed open to it. And I thought, you know what, I'll try it. And I noticed a difference from being plant based without celery juice and plant based with celery juice,
0: and it's so yummy, like it's, it's so delicious. Good. Why would you not do it? Why would you just not add it? And like more, it's just juice.
1: The more I, I said this this morning, the more we have it because we have it every morning, sixteen ounces. Every morning, like my body's great, like it's ready for it, and I have it, and then I'm straight to the toilet as well, which is amazing. It's like instead of drinking coffee to go to the toilet, you drink a celery juice, and it's just the most incredible cleanse. So, what can I say about it? I would say, like anything, try it. Everything we're saying in this podcast is our own personal experience. Of course, yes, it's based on research, and it's still our personal experience. You need to experiment for yourself. Your journey will look completely different to ours. You may go plant-based and feel crap. You know, when I first introduced carbohydrates after keto, just bringing in sweet potato, I felt like I was in a freaking die because my body didn't know how to metabolize sugars anymore, right? My cells didn't know how to even use sugar anymore.
0: But it was so great that we had the guidance of Dr. Stephen Cabral to kind of tell us that that was part of the process, don't you think?
1: Yeah, 100%. It gave us confidence that, okay, it's okay that I feel crap. So if this podcast gives you that confidence that if you do switch and you don't feel, oh my God, I feel amazing like Nick did, it's okay. Your journey is going to be so different. And just be okay with that, right? And if something just persists for a long time, Go and do some tests. Find out what's going on with your gut microbiome. Start with the gut. Really important. But celery juice, again, try it. It's just celery. You're nothing to lose.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about some basic steps and tips for going more plant-based with a family. So Nays has three kids under 12. So can you just chat about that and give some steps on how they could do that? I, I reckon personally starting with one meal a day. Yeah. I mean, like Leo, you said.
1: Leo hasn't noticed anything. He, he g- doesn't
0: even question it.
1: He goes between two different homes. One home is not plant-based and one is. And the food's <laughs> yummy and that's all that matters. He's not Yeah, going you've even-
0: got to make it yummy. That's the thing. Like you can't just give them some steamed broccoli and.
1: Although some kids do love that. Yeah. In I fact, mean- Leo loves steamed broccoli.
0: Yeah.
1: But, you know, yesterday we came back from the beach and. I got the watermelon out of the fridge as a snack and we were frothing, man. We were just like high, high as you could get eating this watermelon because the taste, the color.
0: And that's what happens when you're eating also chemical free and organic produce. It tastes different. It really does.
1: So, going, start with your breakfast.
0: Yeah, okay? just do one meal. If you're going to make use, it tasty.
1: You can do a healthy plant based muesli, for example,
0: right? You can get or whole oats. food
1: mueslies. And you can make your own nut milk or just buy a nut milk. If you are going to buy a nut milk, I don't like the long life ones. They tend to have canola oil or sunflower oil.
0: Oh, make sure you check the, yeah, um, the ingredients. Yeah, read the ingredients. Not every
1: nut milk is good for you.
0: But make your own. Just grab some almonds and make your own. And you're so also easy. not wasting on the plastics and, or whatever they come in. So yeah, just make your own. It's cheaper and it's easier.
1: One cup of almond soaked overnight. Rinse them in the morning. Blend it with four cups of water. There's your almond milk.
0: Easy peasy. So you can do that with hemp milk, you can do it with macadamias, like cashew, whatever you want. It's so easy.
1: Make sure you strain it, of course, through a nut milk bag. So you could just do a muesli with nut milk. You can introduce more fruits into the kids' diet. Like that glucose is so good for their growing bodies and for their brains.
0: That's what they should be snacking on. If your kids want like if Leo wants a snack, it's either fruit or a carrot or carrot sticks or something like that. And he's like loves that. He's frothing.
1: And no kid's gonna complain with a, a medjool date. And I give, yeah, them, exactly. give them a date as a snack. But for meals, sweet potato chips, amazing. What about a brown rice pasta with a tomato sauce with some fresh herbs blended into it? What a, I mean, it's so easy. Like it really like plant-based is.
0: Plant-based burgers or zucchini pasta with a beautiful sauce or like a Mexican night or sweet potato pizza we had the other night. So I think with kids, what I would say is definitely – starting with one meal and then go to two and then go to three and then make it fun, like get them involved, get them involved, get it, get them picking recipes with you. I think that's really yeah. fun for them, yep. getting them involved in the process, getting them up there cutting. Like kids love being in the kitchen, absolutely love it. So get them involved as much as possible, get them picking out recipes and Yeah, just starting with the one meal and go from there and make it tasty.
1: You could check out Ellen Fisher's, I don't know what it's called, but she's (gasps) got a book.
0: Epic Plant Food or Epic Kids Food. Her books are amazing. So that's Ellen Fisher. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. She's got one specifically for kids and it's so delicious. I mean, it's not just for kids. We eat out of it. It's so delicious. So yeah, there's some tips for you. Okay, let's talk about going plant-based and making the transition and telling family and friends and feeling isolated and judged. This is a question we've got a few times. So how did we deal with that and what are some tips?
1: Yeah, I think for this it's about don't try and convert anyone. I'm, we're just sharing this information because there's a platform. It's been our experience. This is the questions. These are the questions that came up from the audience. So we're answering them. People wanted to know what happened. For me. So that's why we're sharing this experience. But that doesn't mean you need to do that. Just do it knowing that it's your truth and don't try and convert or change anyone. Lead by example. It's like anything. You can't change anyone, but you can change yourself. And people tend to pick up on that. And if all of a sudden you are happier and you've got more energy and your skin's brighter and your eyes are wider and your teeth are wider and things are changing for you, let people pick up on that. And if people criticize for you, you just say, say, look, I respect your opinion. There's no right or wrong. It's okay if you want to eat that way. And I want to eat this way. It's a personal choice. Just don't buy into the debate. There is no debate because there is no right or wrong. There just is what is and you just happen to be plant-based and that's how it is.
0: And we actually don't care what anyone else thinks, family or friends. We actually don't care because it's our truth. And it'd be really great if you could get to that point within yourself that you are living your truth. And whatever anyone else thinks is just, it just kind of bounces off you. Like it doesn't matter. Come back to that mantra. It doesn't matter because it's your truth. So just stay in your own lane, stay true to you. That's what's really important. Okay. So Katrina wants to know top books on going plant-based. And she also wants to know about top books for. Finding your purpose, but let's talk about plant-based books first.
1: Yeah, I don't want to overwhelm you. I think, I think Medical Medium, the book is great, but if I had to recommend one, How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger, we'll link to that in the show notes. As for creativity and purpose, I don't actually know a book for that. To be honest, I feel like purpose is one of those things which is something you have to find within yourself. And for me, I always ask this question. If you woke up tomorrow and there was no monetary concerns, you had everything covered, what are you going to do with your day? I mean, yes, you might go and spend some time at the beach, but what will you do, that thing, that you would love so much that you would do it for free? I mean, there's your answer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to shift out of the plant-based questions. I'm going to go to more questions on creativity and purpose and things like that. So, How do you get your inspiration and creativity?
1: Well, real life, of course, is the greatest inspiration. And even recently in Los Angeles, I landed. I was feeling quite isolated. I really missed my wife.
0: Oh, baby. (laughs) That's so sweet.
1: I did. And often...
0: I missed you too. It was horrible not having you here.
1: When we're apart, often I don't feel that for a while because I have, you know, just stuff happening. The masculine's out there doing his thing. Or her thing. And, you know, masculine energy is very driven, whether it's in a woman or a man. So I just was, you know, normally I'm out there just doing my thing. But when I was in LA, even though I had lots going on, I really felt that void for some reason. It wasn't helped by the fact that when I was sitting on the tarmac on the plane, ready to take off, I started getting messages from friends, or pictures of Noosa, where we live, in Paridian nearby on fire. And news headlines that Peridion and Noosa is getting evacuated. And so you can imagine I'm about to take off. I quickly ring Melissa. The phone was off. She'd gone to bed. It was only like 7.30, of course.
0: <laughs> I think it was 8. It
1: was 8, okay, and she turned her phone off and apparently these fires were going straight for our house. And so I called my mother and, you know, basically said, Mum, you've got to take care of this. I have to get off the phone. The S- Air Stewart came over and said, you've got to get off your phone. So I'm like, but... You know, I didn't know what to do, so I spent the next 13 hours worrying about Melissa, but I think that kick-started something. And what that meant was when I was in the studio in LA, a song came up that was really inspired by that feeling. So inspiration comes just from life, to be honest. And in terms of getting it done, you just got to sit your ass down and do it. My God, like nothing beats creativity than just sitting down and doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think also another great place for inspiration is Mother Nature. Yeah. I feel like that is just somewhere I find a lot of inspiration. I'm I'm often on my walk and ideas pop into my head a lot. So get outside in nature. But let's talk about what is your manifesting process. I've shared my three-step manifestation process on this episode with Lacey Phillips, which I'll link to in the show notes. So if you want to listen to my three-step manifesting process, You can head there. But Nick, honey, what's yours?
1: I think it links back to what I said before, like just sitting down. Because you do have to take action. Mm. You know, you have to be consistent and you have to take action. So that daily action is what moves things forward and creates the future that you want to create. But I still do use some more, I guess, spiritual methods. Like when I'm meditating, the last two minutes of our meditation, I, I always do some sort of visualisation and and sometimes even call for guidance or help to make that happen. But a lot of the time I sit in the feeling of that thing having already happened.
0: What are you visualising at the moment?
1: I'm visualising my tour.
0: Mm, Beautiful. What it
1: feels to be like on stage holding space for that many people and the songs that I'm going to be performing.
0: Beautiful. What are some ways to cultivate and encourage your creativity? This is from Laura Ann Smith.
1: As you said before, I think nature is really important because it keeps you grounded and balanced. And when you're balanced, you're more creative. I think the sort of idea that an artist needs to be twisted and tortured and, you know, dark, and I just don't get that. It doesn't mean you can't have those experiences, incorporate those those experiences into your music, like inner love is my experience from dark to light, but cultivating it, I would say nature. Actually, it's the same answer. It's really nature and sitting down and doing the work and, and meditating is really powerful for that as well. Mm. But if you, if you don't know what to do, well, actually, no, when you do find something, even if it's the very beginning of a journey and you need to, for example, learn piano, you know, there's so many great resources online where you can just learn piano now. <laughs> Like there's no excuses. We can do whatever we want. You just need to make time and do it.
0: Absolutely. Create that space. Now, Phoebe Barnes wants to know, she says her creativity often reflects where she's at in her cycle. She's more motivated to create just before her period is due. How do you tap into your creative flow and keep it consistent?
1: Well, maybe that's better answered by
0: you. (laughs) I think so. I think the most beautiful thing about women is in one month that we go through this whole cycle of emotions and hormones and feelings and being in that fully consistent, creative go, go, go flow for an entire month is just not realistic. Could be, but we ebb and flow. And I wrote a lot about this in my second book, Open Wide. And it's really important to move with the different times of your cycle. So I know for me, I'm the same as you. We're a lot more creative leading up to our period. And then we go into our winter, which is when we're really inward and reflective. And then we come out. And if you look at your cycle that month, you go into a summer, autumn, winter, and spring. Summer being just before Winter being when you bleed and then out of your winter, you become spring, which you're feeling a bit more energetic. You're feeling a little bit more creative, a little bit more out there. Then you go into your summer where you're full blown out there, creative. You're wanting to be social, you're launching the projects, you're doing the big speaking gigs. And then you go into your autumn, which is when you start to kind of go a little bit more inward again and you feel a little bit more introverted. You're still doing things out in the world, but Feeling a little bit more inward, and then you go into your winter, which is when you reflect and you go inward. So I think when it comes to creativity, like honor your cycle, honor your flow, and listen to that because it always has so many nuggets of wisdom for you. And I let go of trying to push for the entire month and I now allow myself to experience that summer, autumn, winter and spring and I flow with it, which is awesome and I honour it. Sometimes I'm like not feeling creative at all and that's okay. I might go for a walk and do some self-love. So just really honour that. Hmm.
1: Well said. (laughs) Nothing to add.
0: Honey, now I'd love to hear what is next for you.
1: Well, for me, it's now really about consistently releasing music. My goal is to release a single every six weeks, which is quite an an undertaking when you commit to music videos and different things. So, But I do have the singles lined up for the next few releases, which is really exciting. I'm very excited about my own tour, my own show, how that's going to look, where that's going to be. And it's always unknown. It depends on where the music resonates. At the moment, it's mainly Norway, Australia and LA. so. Definitely touring. And you and I are writing a book together, which is super exciting. We have confirmed our publisher with HarperCollins for that book. And we're really excited about it. It's it's super current, relevant, and uh, I'm pumped.
0: And that will be our September 2020. We are so excited about this.
1: Yeah. And it's the first time we've done anything, I think, to this extent together. And so far, it's going very well, wouldn't you say? Yeah.
0: We're not pulling each other's hair out. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Well, it's quite easy. We're just writing individually, so it's pretty good. Yeah. What are you working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? I think
1: being being patient with you. (laughs) Does that sound funny?
0: No. No.
1: I think there's moments where I need to take a step back and surrender my preferences sometimes. And really listen to what you, the feminine in our relationship, is actually saying and expressing, as opposed to trying to solve problems. I've come to realize more and more that, certainly in a heterosexual relationship, and it's the same as same-sex relationship, there's always going to be the feminine and masculine at play. The feminine just wants to be heard, and the masculine wants to solve problems. So trying to resist the temptation to solve things and just listen, I think I'm getting better.
0: I just want to acknowledge you for that because you truly are. Like I've noticed that you've been consciously working on this for the last little while and I'm just really proud of you and I have noticed it and I honour you and I'm so grateful because it's really made a difference. So thank you so much. That's good, darling. I'm glad Mm -hmm. you noticed.
1: Yeah, there's lots of things I'm working on, but I think being a better listener.
0: Thanks, babes. Okay, I don't remember what you said in the last couple of episodes where I've asked you this, but let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. I'm interested to know if it's still the same book, but which book would you choose?
1: Well, I know in the past I have mentioned The Way of the Superior Man for, well, actually what I did say was a different version of The Way of the Superior Man by David Dieter that's written more for younger boys and a different version of Dear Lover. But also, to be honest, open wide for girls.
0: Thanks, baby.
1: No, I mean it. Like that book to me is um, really original and really fresh and very important. So I think that's amazing for young women. But right now, I think one of the best things that people can do is actually the lowest hanging fruit is their health, right? Mm. So if I had to pick one book for their health, I would say How Not to Die.
0: Yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes. It's such a goodie. It's a brick, but it's a goodie. And it's got so much science in it, which is just amazing for those science geeks out there like Nick and I. We like to know the data. Okay, let's talk about how your day looks. Let's chat about your morning routine in particular. You've shared this in many of your other episodes that we've had on here, but it's changed as we are always growing and evolving and changing. So talk us through. Your morning routine.
1: Yeah. Okay. So waking up around 4.30 to five o'clock at the moment and straight away, I'm up having a lemon water, tiny, tiny, tiny pinch of sea salt because we don't use salt in cooking anymore. It's just literally the tiniest pinch in the morning. And that's the only salt I use now. I wait at least half an hour. Then I have a celery juice. In that time, I would have meditated for 20 minutes, which is a Vedic or transcendental meditation. Then I will do yoga and 100 push-ups, and I will do some rolling as well. I notice with each year, the rolling is more and more important. And then I have breakfast, and then I get into the day. But I will say as well, outside the morning routine, the night routine—I mean, just this is the stuff you've covered a million times. But you know, turning off your phone, your computers. We turn them off at 5:30. We have dinner at 5:30. We go for a walk after dinner. We sometimes watch something fun on Netflix.
0: Loving suits at the moment.
1: Oh, yeah, loving suits. And wearing blue blockers, getting to bed about 7.30, falling asleep by 8 o'clock. Uh, we always read in bed. Melissa reads for like five minutes.
0: <laughs> I barely get through two pages because I'm just out.
1: <laughs> and that's that's a classic Pitta Kapha constitution. Whereas my Vata Pitta, that Vata, needs a little bit longer to settle. So I'd take about 15 minutes or half an hour of reading. And then I'm asleep. So this, the nighttime stuff is so important because it sets you up. And also I'm making breakfast the night before and doing things the night before. So the morning feels like I'm already on top of things, which is quite cool as well.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, darling. What are three things you're most recently grateful for?
1: I'm so grateful for my health and the way that I feel every day. I am very, very grateful for my beautiful little family of three, you and Leo. I feel very blessed that I get to be a father to Leo and a husband to you. And very grateful for all the different people involved in my music because it just means so much to me. There's a lot that goes into releasing one song and I'm just grateful for all those people who are involved.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Okay, rapid fire. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. What's one thing that we can do today for our health?
1: Go plant-based.
0: What's one thing that we can do for our wealth? Meditate. What's one thing that we can do for more love? Give more love. Mm, Beautiful. Darling, this has been so much fun. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last (laughs) parting words of wisdom or anything that... We didn't cover that you wanted me to talk about. We've spoken about so much, but is there anything else you want to leave us with?
1: I think coming back to what I said before about, you know, there's no right or wrong. You need to do what's true for you and whatever that is, is great. So if this feels true to you, any of this information, you want to implement it, great. If it doesn't feel true to you, totally cool. This is just our experience. Of course, it's based on a hell of a lot of research, a lot of science. But just follow your intuition. So important. And don't worry what anyone else thinks.
0: And maybe you can leave us with the chorus of inner love. Sing it now. Go on. Or I will. You know, whatever. Do you it's want me to do. It's going to be it? all right. <laughs> yeah, go. No. <laughs> He's going all shy. I can do it if you want. Go.
1: No. <laughs> do the inner love bit.
0: No way. Go on. No in way. A love, and a love. No, I can't <laughs> sing that high. <laughs> Anyways, guys, this song is so beautiful. I am so excited for you to hear it and to feel where the words are coming from when Nick sings them and for you to watch the video. And I just want to personally thank you for all the incredible work that you're doing in the world. Like how much you care, how much you want to serve others is just so beautiful. And everything you do with your music, with our businesses together, you just really, really want to help. And I'm I get to witness that every day. You are purely here to serve and it's so beautiful. So I want to know what I can do and the listeners can do to serve you today. How can we give back to you?
1: Oh, thank you, darling. Well, we will, I'm hoping we can provide a link in the show notes, which will be a link to the different platforms of music. And you should be able to add or pre-add the song to your library in Apple Music, Spotify, etc. And those pre ads are really, really important because it tells Spotify that people want to listen to this music and it helps with the whole algorithm thing. And when the song comes out, please share it and the music video with as many people as you can, at least one person. That's, you know, I think this song has a message which can give so many people so much hope. And it can become an anthem or a mantra for people when they are struggling. And to be honest, even when you're not. Because the song is uplifting and beautiful and inspiring anyway. But just sharing that would mean absolutely everything to me.
0: Please do that, guys. I would appreciate it too so much. And you know what? When it's out, I would love so much if you want to master your mango girl and do an Instagram story of you dancing around and singing the new song in your home or wherever you are, Nick and I will re share those stories. So if you tag Nick and I, we will reshare them on our Instagram stories. So please do that. We absolutely love seeing you guys dancing around and singing Nick's songs. We love doing it. We do it a lot in the car and in our lounge room. So if you want us to reshare you doing that, please tag us and we'll do that. Great idea. But thank you, darling, so much for being here, for sharing, for being your beautiful self. We are so grateful that you pulled through that really challenging time, especially me. I'm incredibly grateful and so happy. And every single day I pinch myself and just roll over and there's your beaming eyes staring at me and your vibrancy and your health. It's just so good. And I'm so grateful that you're here and you're healthy and you're happy. And I love you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. Thank you, darling. Wasn't that an epic conversation? I know I'm biased, but I love having him on the show with me. It's the best. He is the best. I love him so much. So don't forget to head to Nick's Instagram at IamNickBroadhurst and click the link in his bio, which will allow you to pre-save inner love to your Spotify or Apple Music library. This is a song that will inspire so many people with its simple but beautiful message. So please go and do that right now. And if you've got so much out of today's episode like I did, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that you could potentially be the review of the week for next week. And don't forget to come and follow me at Melissa Ambrosini on Instagram and tell me your top key takeaways from this episode. Also tag Nick, which is at I am Nick Broadhurst. We would love to read what you got out of this. And we also wanna know what you think of the song and of the music video. Make sure the first time you listen to it, bust it up really loud. And the first time you watch it, just allow yourself to be immersed in the video and in the words. And I want to know what you get out of it. I want to know what goes on within you when you watch this. There was so much intention that went into this music video. So I would love to hear and Nick would love to hear what you guys got out of it and what you think of the song. So please let us know. And for everything that Nick and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissaambrosinicom forward slash 245. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears because it could change their life especially anyone who has been dealing with mental health issues so please share it with them right now and don't forget that love is sexy healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word